Jeremiah chapter 30. Here's my microphone I've been looking for all morning. Y'all glad to be here today? Jeremiah chapter 30. Have you ever had something that was on your heart and your mind that you just had to tell somebody? That you had something you just had to get out and you couldn't sleep at night, you couldn't think straight because something grabbed a hold of you so strong that you just had to tell. Well, church, I got something to tell you this morning that has kept me up for the last several nights that has my heart burdened, that has my heart convicted as I look out at my country and I look out at my community and I look out in this lost and dying world. I've just got to say that Jesus is coming again. And I've said it many, many times, and good Lord willing, I'm going to continue to say that Jesus is going to come again. Jesus is coming again. Jesus will return. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. I'm going to say it till you shout it. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. This world must know that Jesus is coming back. Church, he's coming back. Get your head out of the wool. Jesus is coming again. We need to lose the staleness. Jesus is coming again. We need to rejoice because Jesus is coming again. We need to shake off the world because Jesus is coming again. We better get to preaching, folks, because Jesus is coming again. Put a smile on your face this morning because Jesus is coming again. It's all right to sing and to celebrate because our King is coming back. May I tell you, when we get to go where we're going, we're going to have a room with a view. And all the sights we're going to see and all the street of gold that we're going to get to behold and all the city and all the mansions and everything that's going to be there for us. But may I say the greatest thing about glory land is yes, it's a land filled with glory, but it's got our Savior in it. And we're going to get to go and we're going to get to see those nail-scarred hands. And he's going to be seen as the one, as the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. And we will sing the song of redemption. Even the angels won't get to sing this song. But bless God we are. And we're going to get to shout and we're going to get to celebrate. Friend, Jesus is coming again. Child of God, he's coming again. Jeremiah chapter 30, if you would stand with me for the reading of God's word. I've preached this over and over in my ministry, the fact that Jesus is coming again. And I want to preach it again this morning. The Lord has just put it on my heart. Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord God of Israel, saying, Write thee all the words that I have spoken unto thee in a book. For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people, Israel and Judah, saith the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. May I say that this has already been done. Verse 3 has already been fulfilled. 
The things that need to be done in order for Jesus to return has taken place, folks. It has been done. The nation of Israel was scattered about for 1,900 years, and God has brought them again to the land of Israel, reestablished them as a nation and a country. And verse 4 says, And these are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus saith the Lord, We have heard a voice trembling of fear and not of peace. There's not a lot of peace in the Middle East, is there? A lot of fear, a lot of things going on. Verse 6 says, Ask ye now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins, as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word this morning. Lord, give me power from on high. Lord, I don't want to be heard, but I want you to be heard from this sermon today. Lord, I don't want to be seen, but I want you to be seen. Lord, I pray souls to be saved today. But Lord, us as your people, may you rejuvenate us. May you encourage us. May you remind us that you're coming again. Lord, help us to be faithful, watching and working and waiting for you to return. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. There in verse 7, the Bible says, At last for that day is great, even that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble. I want to speak to you on the subject, the time of Jacob's trouble. Jacob was later renamed Israel. And so when he speaks of Jacob's trouble, he's speaking of the nation of Israel. In the beginning of this verse, he says that the nation of Israel will be scattered about and they will be brought back again. And they will be reestablished. May I tell you that everything that needs to take place in the Middle East in order for Jesus to return has already taken place. The nation of Israel is in order and all of the things in the Middle East in order for Jesus to come back has been accomplished. I believe the temple is going to be rebuilt. I believe uh, that that the worship there will be reestablished. In order for that the Jews will have to take over Temple Mount that is controlled by the Muslim quarter right now. And I believe when the Jews take over Temple Mount to rebuild that temple, they There are 6 million Jews living in the midst of 300 million Muslims. This whole earth, their heart breaks for those 300 million Muslims. And it's going to cause more turmoil than we've ever seen before when those Jews take over Temple Mount. And I believe that the confusion that is already there will be escalated. The Bible said that the signs of the times there in verse 6 is compared uh, to the birth pains of a woman that as a woman is in travail, that the earth and the nation of Israel will be in travail. And there will be birth pains. And as a woman... uh carries a child, the birth pains get worse and worse and worse and worse. But when it all comes and the the child arrives, everything is so much better, isn't it? 
May I tell you the birth pains is getting worse and worse and worse. And I believe the earth is getting closer to the end of time. And I believe that Jesus is closer now than it's ever been for Him to come back. I believe we're closer today, church, than we ever been to the return of Christ. I believe that Jesus is coming again, and I believe it's soon. And I believe everything is in order, and everything is in place. And the peace treaty is, is already on the table. For our president, President Trump sent his son-in-law two weeks ago to go over there and set the, the materials together to get this peace treaty together. And our president guaranteed us that he's going to make the deal. He said, I'm the deal maker and a deal is going to be made. Friend, I believe that deal could be that peace treaty that is signed that will begin the seven-year period of tribulation. I believe we're right there at it. In my opinion, in my conviction of the Scripture, if you believe different, you can say it different when you preach it. But I'm preaching this morning. I believe that the day of tribulation will start with the coming of our Lord and Savior in the clouds. I believe before He steps foot on earth, He's going to step foot on the clouds. And and he's going to rapture his saints out of this sinful world. And every eye will see him and every eye will behold him. Planes in the air will fall out. There will be wrecks. There will be all kinds of trouble and turmoil. And I believe when the, the saved is raptured out that day, I believe the Antichrist will already be on scene. He will always already have control and he will be on scene to be ready to say, come on world, let's come together and let's get this peace together right there in the Middle East. That's going to be the heart of all of it right there in Jerusalem, folks. And he's going to say, let's come together and I'm going to help you and I'm going to get you through this. And that day, the seven-year period of tribulation will take place. In those seven years, the first three and a half years will be a time of peace. It won't be that bad. It won't be that much struggle. But there will be struggle. And they will have to rely on either the Antichrist or the Lord Himself to give them everything they need in this three and a half years. The last three and a half years will be the worst time of trouble that this earth has ever seen. The trumpets, the vials, and the seals will be unleashed. And may I tell you that this earth will be judged. The wicked will be judged. And all of God's wrath and all of God's power is going to be poured out out upon the face of the earth. I know it terrifies us to speak of the end times, but child of God, it's coming one day. It's coming one day. And there's coming a day that sin is going to be judged. There's coming a day that we will all stand before a holy and a righteous God. That day is coming. The world is partying today, but one day that party is coming to an end. Folks, I've got to tell you, I've got to warn you, you can't party forever. I've got to tell you, Jesus is coming again. There's coming a day that God's going to say, Jesus, I've had enough. I've had enough of sin. I've had enough rejection. I want you to go down there and I want you to go get my people. And you go get my people and you redeem them and you bring them to me. And then we're going to purge this earth and we're going to clean up this earth. I never intended for sin to be on this earth like this. I never intended for this wickedness to be here. But I'm going to let you clean it up. And I'm going to let you purge it out. Oh, my friend, I want you to know that the, John the Revelator had a vision one day. 
And the Bible said that there's a seven-sealed book to start that last three and a half years. And he said he looked all through heaven and he couldn't find anybody worthy to open that book, to let out those seals, to cast judgment upon the wickedness and the sins of the earth. And he began to weep. And he began to wail because there's nobody worthy. There's nobody worthy. But then he turned and he looked in the throne room of God. And he said, Behold the lion out of Judah. May I tell you, the tribe there, there he stood as the lamb. As the lamb of God slain from the foundation of the earth. There was one there worthy to open that book. And it was Jesus Christ. The one that died for us. The one that bled for us. The one that gave all for us. And Jesus grabbed a hold of the seven seal book. You say, what's that seven seal book? I believe it's the title deed of planet earth. If anybody holds the title deed of planet earth, it's our Savior. That's why He will stand as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Because He has the authority over the earth. And He will unleash those seven seals, those seven trumpets and those seven vials. And in the midst of all of that, God will still open an opportunity, a door for lost humanity to be saved. But the Bible said there'll still be some that repent not of their sins. Oh, I don't know how. Oh, I wish this world would see how loving He is, how great He is. God loves us. God adores us. He knows this earth is coming to an end. And He has sent every servant. He has sent every message. And He has sent His very best wrapped up in His Son Jesus to tell the world, it's time to get right. It's time to be saved. It's time to look to me because I'm coming back. I'm coming back, folks. He's coming back. Verse 7 says at last, for that day is great so that none is like it. May I say that it will be the biggest day that planet earth has ever seen. It will forever change America. It will forever change Israel. It will forever change every nation in all of the world. It is, this will be a life-changing day. And it will change the earth forever and ever and ever. And it will change your life whether you know Him or not. Whether you're saved or lost, it will change everybody. It is the greatest day, the biggest day that will ever take place. And God's people barely ever talk about it. Amen. The biggest day that will ever take place. The biggest event that will ever happen on planet earth. And we hardly ever talk about it. We talk more about football and basketball and baseball than the greatest event that will ever take place. There is nothing greater than the return of Christ. He is coming again. And we must realize that we must get that zeal and that unction from the Holy One and get excited and go out there and win lost souls to Jesus Christ. He's coming again. Can y'all amen? He's coming again. Y'all amen again. He's coming again. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24, if you're with me, say amen. Matthew 24 and verse 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? 
And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? They asked the question to Jesus, what will be the sign of thy coming? What will be the sign of the end of the world? And Jesus answered unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes and divers places, and these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. So Jesus outlines what we will see at the end of time. In the time of Jacob's trouble, number one, there will be a time of deception. Notice what he said in verse 4. Take heed that no man deceive you. He is talking to his disciples. He is looking at the ones that follow him. And he said, you take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Look in verse 11. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. What will be the times like when Jesus returns? It will be a time of deception. There will be many false prophets. There will be many false teachers that stand up on the name of Jesus Christ that is teaching heresy, that is taking the, the truth of God's Scripture and is molding it and making it into they, what they want to hear. And may I tell you today that there are more preachers and teachers that are seeking to fulfill itching ears than to please Jesus Christ. May I tell you there are more false churches and there are more false teachers and there is more false religions than there's ever been before. And you say, well, I belong to the only true religion. I hope you're talking about Jesus. Because <laughs> the only true religion is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's the only thing that will stand the test of time. Bless God, I'm a Baptist by principle. But I'm going to heaven because of Jesus, amen? And I will stand with him forever and all of eternity, not because I'm a Baptist, but because I put my faith and trust in him alone. And anything beside that is false and heresy. And there's a big, big movement of, of this prosperity gospel and getting us to hear what we want to hear. May I tell you the truth is this. Jesus died for us. There's a heaven and there's a hell. And if we don't receive him as our personal savior, we're going to spend eternity in hell. There's a lot of people don't want to hear that. There's a lot of people don't want to hear the, the blood and the cross in Jesus. Jesus offends a lot of folks. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It has the power to save. It's the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. What a name. And if anybody comes and preaches anything else but Jesus, it's wrong, it's false, and it's heresy. There will be a time of deception. If I do good enough, I can get there. They're deceived. 
If I can be baptized, I will get to heaven. That's deception. If I can just join that church, I can go to glory land. That is being deceived, folks. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Notice number two. It will be a time of desperation. Notice verse 6. And ye shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines. This will be a time of desperation. It doesn't say that there will be wars. It says there will be rumors of wars. That the talk of war will be at the forefront of everything. It doesn't necessarily say that we will be battling against one another, but there will be turmoil and confusion, nation against nation. There's not any peace. We formed a, a United Nations back years ago to try to get this peace that we so seek and so desire. And we tried to set this thing up to unite all the nations. And if it's done anything, it's divided the nations even more. Because the reality of it is, Jesus is coming again. And the rumor of war is as big and as loud as it's ever been. I've never seen so many nations and never have you seen so many nations that have so much power and, and, and so many missiles and so much nuclear weapons and warheads. Do you realize that most nations in this world today has the weaponry to hit a button and change the earth as we know it? That's how serious this is. North Korea... That little fella sitting there ready to press that button. He's arrogant, I'm telling you. He's ready. The rumor of war is there. The other day our president said, I'm thinking about having a military parade to show everybody what we've got. Oh, I just trembled. Oh, the pride. Oh, oh, let's just show what we got. Oh, Jesus is going to show them one day. <laughs> Oh, Trump thinks he's got a lot. Jesus has more. North Korea think they have a lot. I promise you, Jesus is more powerful. I'm telling you, the rumors of war. Then it says there's going to be famines in the land. May I tell you, the desperation upon every nation will be here. We will be hungrier than we've ever been before. Brother Allen, we got to see that firsthand two weeks ago in Mexico. I've never seen or experienced anything like it. May I tell you, the earth is hungrier than it's ever been before. They are long, longing and needy more than they've ever been because it's a time of desperation. Notice verse 7, and pestilence. And pestilence. This is a time of disease. This is a time of disease. This is a time that ma mankind will receive diseases of all, all sorts. I've never seen so much sickness in all of my life. The hospitals are fuller than they've ever been. I've learned this. You cannot build a hospital too big because you're going to fill it up. You can't even get in the Baptist. You can't get in the heart hospital. You can't get in any of them because they're slap full. Because disease is upon us more than it's ever been before. May I tell you, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of cancer. 
Y'all can amen that too. I'm sick of cancer. I'm sick of sickness. I'm sick of being sick. Amen. I'm sick of the disease that is eating us to death. It's eating us to death. Disease is everywhere. Notice verse 7. In earthquakes and diverse places. A time of disasters. I don't know how many hurricanes we've had this year. You look at Houston. Brother Norman was talking about that. You look over in Florida. You look over in Puerto Rico right now. You look down in Mexico City that just had the earthquake. You look down in all of these places and there's more natural disasters than there's ever been. And a man one day said, I'm going to take, I'm going to take this out of God's hand and I'm going to do this. I'm going to convince the people of this earth that they're doing something about this that's causing all this. How arrogant we are to think we've done something to change the weather. There's one in charge of the weather. And it's not Mother Nature. Hello? It's not Mother Nature. Mother Nature's not in control. May I tell you that global warming's not in control. God is in control. He's in control of the storm. I'll never forget when Jesus called the storm, he simply spoke to the wind, and it stopped at its voice. Who's in control? Jesus is in control. And these things are going on greater than they've ever gone before. What does that mean, preacher? That means we're closer to the coming of the Lord. Not only will it be a time of disaster, but it'll be a time of disobedience. Notice verse 10. Then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Lord, have mercy. We get offended over everything. We got to apologize over everything. We got to be politically correct. We have to say, put our words just right so that we don't offend anybody. I mean, we've got to the place. You can't talk about nothing. You can't talk about the scripture. I mean, if you talk about being a man or being a woman, that offends people. You know, I'm a man and I go in the man's bathroom. And that offends people. I don't care. And it's amazing to me how offended we get. And this nation gets so offended by everything that people say. Isn't it sad how we let this, how we let things rule our life like this? We're offended by everything and we have to apologize. The last 10 years in our nation, we have apologized for everything because we're offended. We're offended. You've hurt my feelings. My dad used to say, son, suck it up. <laughs> we need to suck it up, amen? We get offended over everything. Well, if you don't say it just right, if you don't preach it just right, that's a sign of the times. Everybody is getting offended over everything and getting my feelings hurt. Man, I, I feel like this. We can get glad in the same boat we got mad in. Amen. We got to get our feelings off our shoulders. Notice what he said in verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Look at the, verse, the end of verse 10. And shall hate one another. This is a loveless country. There's not love in this country like there used to be. We say there is. The love is truth. We have aborted more babies. That's not love. 
We have stood by while people destroy the Word of God. Friend, that's not love. We hate more than there's ever been. There is more racism. There is more hate. There is more bigotry in this world than there's ever been. And guess what? It's going to get worse. I wish there was a button I could hit to fix it all, but there's not. One day Jesus is going to fix it, though. But there's so much hate. Y'all see it in the schools, teachers. Y'all see it firsthand how much hate there is. You know where they learn it from? Their parents. We're as selfish and self-centered as we've ever been. Friend, that's a sign of the times. I know I'm not tickling your ears this morning. I know this is a tough one to take. But people, we need to hear this. We need to hear this. The love has waxed cold. And this nation has grown cold. And this world has grown cold. They don't love anybody but themselves. You know who we ought to be loving? We ought to be loving Jesus. And we ought to see His love. But it's waxing cold. Not only will it be a time of disobedience, but it will be a time of declaration. In verse 14, if you're with me, say amen. amen. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. He said, everybody's got to hear about me. That has got to be one of the most loving scriptures I've ever heard in my life. You know what Jesus said? Before I come judge them, everybody's got to know what they're going to be judged for. This world will stand before God and every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to fess and they will stand there before Him without excuse. May I tell you, we're getting the gospel out in a greater way than we've ever done before. Our church right here in the cornfield can put on Facebook a message about Jesus. And it can reach 5,000 people just like that. Isn't it amazing the way we can get the gospel out? He is presented all over the world. Why? Because he's coming again. He's coming again. He's coming again. I want you to look over here. Look over here in verse 32. And we're going to be finished. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When its branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all of these things be fulfilled. These things have been fulfilled, folks. There is nothing holding him back. There is nothing else in Scripture that I can see that is holding him back from coming. The Bible says he's coming like a thief in the night. Do you know that not even Jesus knows when he's coming back? Only God the Father knows. But all of these things are fulfilled. Now, I ain't never looked into heaven, but this is my opinion. I think Jesus is sitting at the edge of a seat, knowing that it's time. Knowing it's all ready. Father, I'm waiting on you. At your word, I'm going. He already knows the plan. He knows what he's got to do. And he's sitting at the edge of his seat. I believe heaven is sitting at the edge of their seat. Waiting to hear the words from the master. Go get them. Go get them.
Isn't that awesome? Oh, man, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait till that eastern sky splits wide open. You won't talk about a grand day. That's going to be a glorious day. When Jesus steps out on them clouds and all of this world has abused his name and rejected his name and they will sing for who he is and he's going to call us home and all of that stinking cancer is going to be gone. Oh, man, glory to God. For a thousand years, he's going to get that old loser devil He's going to chain him up and put him in the pit. Bless God, I'm ready for him to be thrown in that pit. I'm sick of him. I'm sick of the devil. I'm sick of sin, and so is God. And he's fixing to put an end to it. The Bible says two's going to be in the field. Two's going to be at the grindstone. One will be taken and one will be left. Do you realize, Brother Allen, that as we were flying down to Mexico City and flying over to Merida, or we don't know, rednecks can't say that, whatever it's called, do you realize that our pilots could have been taken out? Do you realize that we could have been taken out? And all of those on, those, on that plane that didn't know Jesus would have fell dead in that plane crash. That trains are going to be derailed that the stock market is going to crash and that all the earth is going to be in turmoil all at the sight of Jesus coming back. It's going to be shouting day for lots of folks and I'm going to be shouting. I'm going to be rejoicing. There ain't nothing you can say to me anymore about it. Amen. I'm going to shout as loud as I want to <laughs> and get over it's all I can say. So well, I don't like all that shouting. Well, you're not going to like heavens, all I can tell you. Because it's going to be a time of rejoicing. We're going to be happier than we've ever been before. But as good as it's going to be for us, it's going to be bad for lots of folks. And child of God, that rips my heart out. To think how many of those kids at that school, that's not going to get to go with us. And those are precious kids, Amen. Our, our, our community means a lot to me and to my family. And I don't want them dying and going to hell. I want them to go chat with me. But I'm afraid there's a lot not going. Child of God, we've got to do our job. We've got to preach louder than we ever preached. Well, we may offend somebody. Who cares? Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. Lost person, you may be sitting there this morning saying, I just can't do it. I'm just worried about what this one's going to say and that one's going to say. Well, what are you going to say to God when you die without Jesus and you got to give some good answer of why you went through this whole world without being saved? Right now, it's time to be saved. You say, preacher, you trying to scare me. I am. I'm not trying to put on a show, but I'm trying to be honest. Jesus is coming again. Brother Billy Don, he could come today. He could come at this hour. He could come when we're dismissed. He could come during this invitation. God is closer than He's ever been. And God's people, we got to get on fire. We got to get on our face. And we got to pray. And we got to weep. And we got to pray our friends in and our family in the glory land. May I tell you, we got to get on our face and we got to seek Him more than we've ever sought Him before. Oh, for Him to come back and we're not ready. Oh, for Him to come back, child of God, and we hadn't answered to what He's told us to do in our life.
what we're going to say. Let's all stand very quiet, very reverent.